I have seen this before. You're on fire. Believing that you're on to some truth. That you can save the world. Hello and welcome to episode 55 of Under the Cull of MS. A little quote from Dana Scully from the X-Files. Today we're going to start out talking about Let Me In, Crossroads. It's a book by Dark Horse Comics, Dark Horse Books, by Mark Andrieco and Patrick Reynolds. You may have seen the movies. The British version is is also called Let Me In, which is a 2010 American-British romantic horror film written and directed by Matt Reeves and starring Cody Smith-McVie, Chloe Grace Moretz, Elias Codius, and Richard Jenkins. It is a remake of the 2008 Swedish film, Let the Right One In. The film tells the story of a bullied 12-year-old boy who develops a friendship with a female child vampire in Los Alamos, New Mexico, during the early 1980s. Uh, so, yeah, the I guess that would be the American... British version, and then the earlier version was the one that was called Let the Right One In. And then this one, it's Abby's life as a vampire is dangerous enough as it is, and it's about to get much, much worse. The murder rate in the sleepy little town she calls home is climbing fast, and this time she's not the one responsible. Despite times led to very, or desperate times led to very desperate measures as Abby and her guardian, Thomas, fight to protect her secret from a new monster who wants their home and wants them dead. It was interesting. I like where they went with this. Uh, It's basically your prequel. And it gives a little more meaning to her history and gets gets a little deeper into where they've been and what they've gone through. And and here she meets up with a boy also who is abused. It's people that are coming that are causing other issues or threatening their existence because of where they live out in the boonies. They have a pond where they've been tossing by. They're getting ready to drain the pond. It's just... did watch the movies at all. This would be a nice... uh, if you didn't watch it, it would be a nice starter. If you did watch it, it would be a nice follow-up to just go back a little bit further in time and see a little more what's going on with it. 
It's got some artwork in the back, some sketch work and stuff, uh, some little extra tidbits. Just it was a quick short read. It's a smaller graphic novel. But yeah, it's it's interesting what happens throughout here. Gives you more of a look at it if you are into that story at all. And then we checked out Wolf Cop. We got issue one and two, volume one. Number one is volume one, Hog Wild. We're at basically a bunch of strange biker types. That are kind of like Franken, Frankenstein, Frankensteined up. You see, they got all kinds of different stitching on them and scarification and stuff like that. And the wolf cop comes across that they're kidnapping uh, people and taking them off to. A certain warehouse place, and they follow up on it to find out that the people are being used as food for a very interesting creature for the wolf to go after. It's uh, got a little play on the wolf and the pigs, the Red Riding Hood style. Uh, while I was reading this, I watched the first. Wolf Cop movie, rewatched it. I didn't get to watch the second one, but the first one, it's basically from 20, 2014, or a Canadian superhero comedy horror film written and directed by Lowell Dean and starring Jess Ma- Jesse Moss, Amy Leticio, Jonathan Cherry, Sarah Lind, Aiden Devine. Kareem Conley and Leo Fafard. Film was released to Cineplex, Audience Theaters nationwide. It doesn't give much out, but the plot concerns an alcoholic small town cop who transforms into a werewolf after being cursed. He still possesses his human intelligence while in in his wolf form. And the movie basically gives you the setup of the basis, how he all got uh, taken into the ritual, turned into the wolf creature and all that stuff. And then his sidekick dies in the movie, but I could swore he was in, a, in the second one also, but I couldn't find it on demand or on any of my... Uh, movie stations that I have currently, and I know I have the actual DVD somewhere, but couldn't find it. But uh, yeah, I could have sworn his sidekick was in there in the second one also. And then in this book, these books, his sidekick's also in here and gets killed off and stuff. Keeps reappearing in the other storylines. Know if his partner's a 
some type of immortal or something like that. I just they don't give it to you in any of the storylines that I could find. So I I want to watch the second movie. I want to read. Apparently, there are more of these comics, at least one more. So I want to find that, see what it has to do with it. But the second comic here is called Little Little Brothel of Horrors, Wolf Cup. And in here, the guys have some troubles and come across while they're in a bar and have some issues, get drunk deal with some idiots and stuff like that and then they go home the girls are like you're too drunk you can come back with us they go back with the girl the bartender and find out that she controls a brothel and the brothel ends up being a little bit different from what it seems and there's different creatures in here that appear and try to take out Wolf Cop and his sidekick, and they go through a bunch of stuff, and just, like, know more about his partner, why he's appearing and everything. He had also gets killed off in a lot of stuff, or has things that we done to him that you would expect him to be dead from. I'll come back, but, uh, and then the last one I'm going to talk about here, these are by Deviations. Well, they're by IDW, but they're called Deviations. This is a one-shot, The X-Files. It's Mulder and Scully, as you've never seen them before. Basically, it's based on a world where Fox Mulder was abducted by aliens instead of his sister. Uh, a little bit of the rundown of what really happened in here. Two years into her FBI career, agent Dana Scully was reassigned to the so-called X-Files unit, where she would assist Agent Fox Mulder in investigating unexplained phenomena while reporting on the valid, validity of their work. Agents Mulder and Scully began investigating these in unsolvable cases along the way, forming a unique bond between the believer and the skeptic. Mulder's consuming devotion to X-Files stemmed from the disappearance of his sister Samantha when both were children, which he came to believe was an alien abduction. Today we will explore a world where things happen differently. In a world where Fox Mulder was abducted in his sister's place. It's nice. It's unique. It gives you the opposite perspective. Where Fox got, would have been taken instead of his sister. And how they played around with doing that little change and stuff. But the only problem I did have with this comic is once you get beyond that point. You get into the storyline, and it's basically the exact same story that you get from the X-Files, just his sister replacing him throughout it. So it's, it's kind of a bummer. I was expecting a little more something new, but... 
it's it is still a good story i mean i just i've watched the x-files a lot so it's just a lot of repetitive doings it does have some interesting twist in the end and stuff and the beginning which is nice but it's just the mid mid story is basically a replay just switched around yeah letters pages in here goes deeper into the story you got the anatomy of of the pages where they show the drawings and why they did it did things the way they did and set it up and there are other interesting books that are part of this deviations type setup that I'd like to look into. It apparently was a five week event back in 2016. And week one was in a world where the Ghostbusters never cross streams. See the Ghostbusters sitting defeated on the, a bench. Well, you got the marshmallow, the Michelin man behind them, the marshmallow man sitting on top of a building. Uh, and of course, week two was the X Files one. Week three was the Transformers one in a world where Optimus Prime never died. Week four was the G.I. Joe one, or in a world where Cobra turns the table on G.I. Joe. And week five was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle one where the turtles joined Shredder. So those are interesting ones that I would also like to check out. Uh, you got a bunch of other X-Files stuff in the back of the book. Some publisher's notes. Just definitely a good, nice, thick comic. You get a lot of, a lot of stuff out of it. I just, I don't know. Wanted a little more from it, I guess. It's just hoping for a different little unique take on the story, which it does give you some different stuff in the beginning and end. It's just that center part just reminds me of the first episode of the TV show and stuff. So, hey, that's it for that. Looking at some MS stuff. Uh, yeah. How to use therapeutic interventions to move past cognitive distress. Some information from a story by Sarah Tedesco. Cognitive and physical symptoms are prevalent among people living with MS, multiple sclerosis. Whether you experience depression, thoughts of not being good enough, unhappiness, emotional fatigue, or any other psychological manifestations of your MS. Life can be hard to tolerate. Cognitive behavioral therapy has long been the go-to recommendation for those living with cognitive and psychological symptoms linked to their MS. Dialectical behavior therapy in simple terms is a type of evidence-based cognitive behavioral therapy that focuses on changing problematic behavior and thought patterns to help the client reach a life worth living. DBT is made up of four modules, mindfulness, interpersonal effectiveness, distress tolerance, and emotional regulation. 
Each of these modules is made up of skills designed to help the individual create, maintain their life worth living. Mindfulness, there's tools and exercises to experience the present moment through a non-judgmental lens. Interpersonal effectiveness, there's techniques to improve quality of relationships and tips on how to interact with others. Distress tolerance, skills designed to tolerate physical and emotional pain, as well as accept reality as it is. Helpful interventions, well, emotional regulation is helpful interventions to combat uncomfortable emotions, including depression. Depression is more common among those living with MS than the general population. Suicidal thinking, as well as suicidal behaviors and attempts, are also common in those living with MS. Seeking help is extremely hard. People living with MS already have to put in extreme amounts of energy and financial resources to get their medical needs met. There are some self-help sites online, and many are fabulous. And it's maximum benefit and improvement comes through participation in a comprehensive DBT program. If someone is looking to make the necessary changes to their life through DBT skills and has the resources to seek in-personal therapy, they recommend searching for an intensely, intensively trained DBT provider on behavior behavioraltech.org, where providers are available internationally. Uh, Yeah, there's so many things to help get our minds in a happier place. Uh, Right now, I'm just about, my head feels like it's going to explode. I'm on, I finally got my Ocrevus, I don't really feel like doing too much. It's just my body's jumping around trying to get used to being back on medications and stuff. And then, of course, the new pain medication that I'm taking, which I'm not. Albuca, it's worked for about a day and a half. And even that was basically just gave me a little more mobility. You still have the pain, you just don't feel it as intensely so you just fight around it i got about a day and a half of some extra chores done around the house and now i'm back to physical depletion mental depletion just ready to go up on a mountain and go scream ah sick and tired all this shit can't get beyond it It's that time of year where we're going to be having all the holidays and all that shit. Everybody's going to eat crappy and get back, get off their routines and you know, want to get back in the routine eventually. And there are herbal detoxes out there, which you can try and which are usually like beverages or teas contain various herbs. 
but there's not really evidence that they're used to promote weight loss and remove toxins from the body, but lots of people say that they do different things. And from weight loss to cleaning out the system to improving blood sugar levels, liver health, uh, whatever they some say they can fix different diseases, all that stuff. But, you know, a lot of popular ingredients include stuff like valerian root, licorice, cilantro, coriander, chlorella, milk thistle, dandelion root, skullcap root, rhubarb root, ginger, juniper berry, burdock root, and they... The detoxes usually last three to 14 days. You don't want to, if you do try any of these detoxes, fine, follow what they say and stuff, but be careful not to try and make it a regular thing on you because if you do go over a certain amount of days with some of these herbs, you can get really sick. And some herbs are only meant to be taken in certain potencies for certain amounts of times. Uh, if you and certain things you're using the roots of the weeds or vegetables or whatever and if you eat beyond the root you could get sick because there's certain parts of the plants you're not supposed to eat and all that so you're best off just working with a naturalist or something like that to give you the items you need there are stores they have the Asian food markets and stuff where you can get a lot of the dried herbs and they'll sit there and make up tea bag concoctions for you and stuff, which is nice. Uh, but be very careful out there with that. It's like most claims are just overblown and have little scientific backing. Some And our body has its own natural detoxification system, which is... Our liver, our kidneys, our intestines, and our skin works to nonstop to remove waste from our bodies through feces, urine, and sweat. Herbal detoxes with diuretics can increase risk of dehydration and low electric light levels that can be life-threatening. So be very careful when you're playing around with any of that stuff. You never know where you're going to end up what you're going to deal with uh, just be careful out there with this time you're coming up with the new year and everything everybody likes to get ready for the big yearly weight loss that everybody sticks on their routine for a couple of weeks to a couple of months and then fall off it anyways you like i always say you're still better off to just find the things that work for you and build your lifestyle around it don't just take what Take people by their word and just follow what you say because you see it written down. You believe it's true. Now, Tuesday, we talked about the vision-related stuff. Let's look at a few Facebook comments about how people navigate their vision-related symptoms in their daily life. This person suggested she see an eye specialist who deals with the effects of MS. Uh, 
thanks to an optometrist suggesting it. Their pain comes and goes. It can range from blurred vision to sharp stabbing pains. There are times when light hurts her eyes so bad that they have to wear shades inside. I can relate with that. So you get that eye strain and it's just so beating in your brain that it starts to give you a headache and you can feel the pressure and stuff behind your eyes. Uh, lady says, if my eyes are really blurry, I take my glasses off for a while. Also uses steroid drops and a rice sock warmed in the microwave across her eyes, which I didn't even know they had steroid drops out there for that. But I also heard some people have problems with the steroids. So it's another thing you got to watch out. This lady says she uses pot. It helps relieve the pressure and stops the double vision that she has to deal with. Be really annoying when you're trying to get her out and you're seeing that double vision or blurred vision or you lose sight in an eye or whatever. This person says she sees a neuro-ophthalmologist for the optic neuritis she has in her left eye, which left her with blurred vision and some gray patchiness. That way they can teach it catch it early enough if it happens again for the most part she just tolerates it day to day there's also some mild problems seen in certain places where there is pallor and dizziness and off balance they just deal with it and have the physical therapist to help them with it also this person had 20-20 vision, and one day it all just changed. I have a pale optic nerve in my left eye. I'm very careful when driving just because the left eye is 2400. All I can do is have hope that my vision stays stable and that one day I'll get my vision back. <laughs> Don't we all hope? That was the same way I had perfect vision. All of a sudden, one day... <laughs> Out the door. Took a shit. This person said they developed an eye disease due to taking steroids for MS exasperation. Here's an example of the steroid issue. They have cent central serous retinopathy. Both eyes and multiple times with permanent black and wavy spots in both eyes. I avoid steroids at all costs and inform my doctors as to why. But I got, I've had the black spots and the wavy spots, but thankfully they haven't stuck around. They usually last me 15 minutes to an hour or so, and they'll dis dissipate. This person says their vision is worsening over time. They have three pairs of reading glasses, all different strengths. Eyeglasses get worse as the day goes on. I can relate with that because I also have glasses all over the house, different strengths for different things, for reading, watching TV, or whatever. Person says they're not stressed, or they try not to stress and overheat. Reading glasses help with their blurred vision when trying to see things up close. 
Their vision gets blurred, but not to the point of being blind. They just live with it. Which is all we can really do. Like they said, there's different things, the drops and medications you can take and try. Overall, we pretty much got to live with our vision once it starts to go bad. You can, I've heard people that have had the laser surgery and stuff, and apparently it only works up to 10 years anyways. So if you get it done, you want to wait as long as possible before doing it. This person says the color of half their vision, either horizontally or vertically, pretty much drained out of their eyes. was due to optic neuritis that was causing optic migraines. They work out possible triggers and what to do if they feel an attack coming on, such as finding somewhere to park and just sit there until it clears, no matter how long that takes. This person has blurred vision. Gets It's a series of tests performed by ophthalmologists every six months to keep up with it. Another person says they always get in need of their personal black eye patch when living through double vision, which can help. They stay off the dang road when they can't see 2020. Another person says include annual visits to an ophthalmologist versus only visiting an optometrist. Fully explain any visual issues you are experiencing, especially if new during an ophthalmology visit. Inquire about solutions that can be utilized for low vision, double vision, etc. Use access tools on computers, tablets, etc. to improve readability for low vision, double vision, etc. Use uh, If trouble with double vision, inquire if prisms and glasses can help. Be your own advocate. Track everything. Write it all down. And that way you can discuss anything 